welcome to the We Are The Church podcast, hosted by me, Adam, and my beautiful wife, Brianna. Throughout the podcast, you'll hear and experience people's stories of faith and action to encourage, strengthen, and inspire you. Hear the real-life stories of people from Guymere Baptist Church and our local community. There will be a few laughs, serious chats, and amazing encounters with God through the love and hope of Jesus Christ. We pray that this podcast reaches you on a deep level and encourages you on your own journey of discovery and faith. Tonight, we have my beautiful wife, Brianna, with us. Hello, everybody, and welcome. And of course, we've got Jan and Gary Speckman with us tonight. How are we, guys? Good, Good thanks. To be. Good to be here. Thanks for inviting us. No worries. And honey, I think you can ask the first question. Oh, well, thank you so much. And <laughs> I just want to echo um, Adam's sentiments. It's so wonderful to have you both here on the We Are The Church podcast. And I can't wait to hear where God's been at work in your lives. Um, so I guess a good place to start is, you know, could each of you take a few moments and just uh, tell us something, uh, you know, a couple of things about yourselves. Jan, do you want to start? Well, where do we begin? Um, obviously, you can tell from our accents that we are not originally from Australia. <laughs> yeah, had had a little yeah, accent there. Something going on. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was born and raised in Arizona in the U.S. Mm-hmm. and met Gary there, and uh, we kind of started our adventure um, when we met uh, through Campus Crusade for Christ, both as students, and Gary was a student leader, and... Um, You know, just our relationship started and our ministry actually started from that point. Oh, nice. Amazing. And what about you, Gary? Yeah, I was uh, picking up from that. We were were going into summer break at university, and um, I didn't really know Jan that well at that point. I remember the first time I met her, the first night I met her, because I met three Jans that night. <laughs> and I don't remember if she was first, second, or third. <laughs> Definitely first, I would have to say. Yeah, first all the way. <laughs> she came out first. Because we, yeah, we were eventually. just going into summer, and as the student leader, one of my jobs was to set up a summer program, social program. We went out to, went out to South Mountain, which is a uh, desert park in Phoenix, mm-hmm. for uh, an event night, a uh, games night. And I had this bright idea because we'd done it before. I'd done it before of playing couples baseball. Uh-huh. Oh, and right. So you still have your <laughs> diamond and everything like baseball, but you have to hold hands with your partner the whole time, oh. except when batting. So you could bat, but then you had to grab your partner's hand as you were running to first base oh. and run around the bases to get home. Oh, that's cool. And um, and so we paired everybody. It's a good mixer because you can let people pair themselves off and then if that doesn't work. You just have all the girls on that side and all the guys on that <laughs> side. You just pair them. Yep. Mm. One, so, two, one, two. <laughs> yeah. So I was leading it. So I got everybody all paired off, and there were about 20 women left all standing there by themselves in a line, and I didn't have a partner yet. So I just scanned down the line and found the most beautiful one there and and asked Jan to be my partner. Uh-huh. And so we, um, so we went to uh, – well – Batted all right. Catching is kind of difficult because you have to hold hands, but you can. <laughs> oh my each, gosh! You each have to put a hand up to catch the ball. <laughs> but um, but Jan said later it was like she felt like 
she was being dragged along the whole time because <laughs> I'm a bit of a competitor. So once I hit it and grabbed her hand, I'm you're just like, we're going. Her, you're <laughs> going. Hang on. Line. And you're a tall man compared to Jan as well. Yeah. Yeah. And even yeah. in those but days, think, I'm sure. I think we actually made it all the way around, didn't we? I we did. We scored. We oh, did. nice. Well so, done. Um, Good team. Yeah, it's right. Yeah, from the get-go. Scoring ever since. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I love that. And so, Gary, were you also born and bred in Arizona? No, my father was U.S. Air Force. So every two or three years we'd move uh, to a different location. He'd be posted to a different assignment. I uh, The longest I ever lived any place in my life was in Idaho, and uh, that was only nine years, very early in life. Mm-hmm. And then I lived in Alabama, which was a whole different culture, Texas, where I became a Christian, uh, Arizona, where I went to university. And then when we married, we got assigned to San Diego, California. And then we decided after about five years that we wanted to have an international assignment with Campus Crusade for Christ. Oh, we, didn't, nice. we didn't have a, any place in mind. And we'd, we were had waited too long, and I was filling out the form requesting an international assignment at our Christmas conference because I could hand it into the office the next day and beat the deadline by January 1st. Oh, good one. Um, anyway... We, um, we were filling out the form, and a friend of mine, whom I had a tremendous regard for, was a regional director for Northern California, was sitting right behind me, and he saw me filling out the form. And he knew what it was because he'd filled one out himself uh-huh. uh, much earlier. Yep. So as soon as the meeting was over, he tapped me on the shoulder and, and said, are you interested in international assignment? I said, we sure are. And he said, why don't you come to Australia with us and start the campus ministry in Australia? <laughs> and the way I tell it, Jan says it wasn't really true, but the way I like to tell the joke is I thought he said Australia, and I said, well, I like lederhosen and yodeling, so, yeah, we'd like to go to Australia. Austria. Uh, Austria. <laughs> he thought, yeah, Austria. But, uh, Australia uh, was really— It's kangaroos instead, mate. As we thought about it more, the, uh, the thing that propelled our decision was we um, wouldn't have to learn a new language, or we didn't think we would. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and so we came with our friends, Bill and Margaret Hansel, and uh, Bill, do you want to pick up on that? Well, when we came was um, the end of 1974, mm-hmm. and we um, were helping to start a campus ministry called, at that time was called Student Life, which was, yeah, was involved with Campus Crusade for Christ Australia. Amazing. So we helped... Um, Bill and Margaret and some other Australians and stu- uh, staff and students start the campus ministry here. So that was our introduction yeah. to ministry in Australia. Amazing. And oh. was that Sydney-based to start? It was. Uh-huh. Oh, cool. We, were actually, we actually had sent everything we owned that was worth anything in four barrels, 55-gallon drums, and it had been stenciled for Melbourne, and they shipped. were shipping it off, and we— made the decision to come to Sydney quite late in the game. So we called them and said, can you re-stencil the drums to Sydney and <laughs> take it there instead? And they said, sure, for a little bit of extra moolah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so I'm glad was. we did that. It was really wise for us to come because mm. Bill and Margaret were starting work at Sydney Uni and we could start at New South Wales. So we had our independence in the mm-hmm. sense of leading our own ministry, but we were together weekly for meetings. And Bill had said, look, why don't you come to Australia with us 
for five years. We'll we'll start the ministry there. We'd like to move from um, from um, American staff to uh, Australian staff. Mm-hmm. We should be able to recruit enough Australians to take our place in five years. <laughs> so we did, and at the end of five years, we'd gone from five staff who were eighty percent American mm-hmm. and one Australian to almost 50 staff who were 90% Australian. Oh, cool. Five years. So it was wow, good, that's some serious growth. growth. Yeah. yeah, that's great. And I had two people I could choose from as far as uh, asking them to take over my role as a national director because Bill, after five years, Bill left. He said, let's go for five years, and he meant it. He meant it. <laughs> he was he going. He back, back to the and States. So, but we were having fun, and we decided to stay another – well, we didn't decide on how much, but – we decided to stay, and we were here mm. another five years. And at the time, we were attending uh, at Gaimea Baptist. Mm-hmm. So we used mm-hmm. to live across the river, but we liked the church here. Nice. And the uh, uh, first couple of years. Um, and then then we moved over to Blakehurst Baptist because uh, okay. we started renting our house from them. They had two manses, and they only needed one, so... They rented a house to us for a very good price. and That's kind. And yeah. we built relationships with people at Blakers. And then um, further on in the story, I'll tell you how the, why that's important. But we liked the church. We liked the people. But after 10 years, we decided uh, we were ready to go back. We'd to the U.S. done what we came to do. So we moved yeah. back okay. to the States for And what year was that? 86. 85 oh, or 86. Yeah, 85. Okay. So it had been... 12 years, 10, 12? I say 10 and a half because <laughs> I figure how much time I've actually been in Australia mm. is is that 10, 10 years plus. And then uh, when we returned six years later, that was in 90. 90. 90 early when 90. we, yeah. Anyway, we've been here over 30 years since then. So yeah, cool. Over, yeah. Well, awesome. 10 plus 20 is over 30 years. Yeah. What were some of your first impressions when you came to Australia? Yeah. Well, of, we, of the culture and stuff. Yeah, how about you? <laughs> um, well, we were just off the boat, really, except it was an airplane <laughs> with an 18-month-old. Mm. And, you know, I think it was just a stage of our life where we were adventurous. Yeah, yeah. And we had already said, yes, we're going, and yes, mm-hmm. we want to take this challenge. Yep. And, um, of course, everybody was just so... Lovely. Um, yeah. And, you know, it was just a matter of kind of adjusting to some new things as a young couple with the with little one. So yeah. um, I, th- I remember one funny story, though, is um, our director at the time picked us up from the airport. And uh, yep. we were going to his place. He was going to put us up for the night and help us find accommodation. And we were going through that and, he w- and through... Um, up towards um, the Eleanor Heights. Eleanor Heights. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, he said, oh, look, uh, out the window, you know, like all the trees and everything, that, oh, look at that, it's the Australian bush. And I go, those are trees. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a bush. <laughs> yes, the difference. Oh, yeah, yes, the, the lingo. Between. Yeah, and right. So, and so that really is a good point. It was Mm. Kind of some of the language difference, oh, terminology. Being a New Zealander, I've come across that too. There's a lot of different scenarios. Where you're but like, that was kind of fun. So, awesome. Yeah. A funny story because um, when I 
we get to the airport and it's gradually thinning out and nobody's left there except Jan and I and little 18-month-old Jeremy wandering around in the airport. And um, I finally called the director, Jeff. Uh, I didn't have his phone number. Uh, <laughs> I knew his name, but I didn't know that Jeff was spelled with a G instead of a J. Oh, oh the American spelling yeah. of Jeff, yes. Jeff. Jeffrey Fletcher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I finally found one, and I didn't even know what suburb it was. And I found a number. I just started calling through, and I think it was probably the first or second number. Wow. I reached him and said, is that Jeff Fletcher? Yes, it is. Who's this? And I said, Gary Speckman. And he said, who's that? And I said, well, we're the new staff couple that are coming over to help start the campus ministry in Australia. <laughs> oh, Gary, what are you doing here? And I said, well, you know. <laughs> I said, I didn't. Don't they ever let people know ahead of time that you're coming. Yeah, yeah. He you're didn't like, know we were coming. We're not coming. We're yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's Where right. are you? I said, we're at the airport. He said, I'm over at least an hour away, but it's going to take longer because i got to finish the cricket game. The cricket match is on right now. Oh, my gosh, <laughs> the cricket. <laughs> Aussies love uh, the cricket. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they came and picked us up, and uh, Jeremy and Jeff headed off right off. Jeff's like a big grandfather, so... So we felt yeah, we felt up, welcome yeah. and awesome. They put us up um, at a hotel overnight in Dy. And one of the things I thought was funny there is we changed our currency at the airport, mm. and we went out. We were going to go down to the beach, and so we're throwing everything on the bed, and we're about to leave. And Chan said, "Don't you think you should cover the money up?" And I said, "Well, because it was just laying on the bed." And I said, it "Just monop- looked like monopoly money. <laughs> oh yeah, why yeah, we, yeah. Why are we concerned about that?" <laughs> It's legit money. Like it's it's actually yeah, it. money that we need to look after. Did you do the cliche under the mattress thing? <laughs> Don't tell yes, us it's okay. Your, I know because your money would have been all green, and the money here's all probably green, yeah. green and moldy. Yeah, yeah. yeah and it would have little there was of it. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's different coloured money here. Yeah, for sure. Well, how amazing! And thirty years later, and here you are. Here yeah, we I are. can tell the Fantastic. difference between, between the money and. Hey, Jane. So, what's something people might not know about you? Um. What they might not know is, um, I guess, some of the things that I've been involved with. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I think Gary and I both do like coaching and mentoring, and I have a counseling background. Okay, yeah. So, um, kind of jumped into all those. I like working with people. Yeah, nice. And I like coming alongside people uh, and just working through whatever they want to work through, and and so. Those are areas that uh, I like to work in. Yeah, nice. I've done some women's ministry okay. as well. Cool. Um, so that's the main thing I can think of right now. I'll jump yeah. in if I can think of something. Yeah. Well, you're leading the Significant Woman Project for yeah. a couple of years. And yeah. Nice. A branch of Campus Crusade. Or yeah, like a project coordinator. Okay. Or a awesome. women's um, resource. Yeah, basically. cool. That's great. And Jen did a... When we went back after our first 10 years here, when we went back, the logical place to go was for further education. So Campus Crusade for Christ had its own international school of theology nice. in San Bernardino. So that's where he moved. And I did a course in uh, biblical counseling, and uh, that was enriching. I really enjoyed that course, but I noticed Jan had a real interest in counseling as well. And so when we came back to Australia, uh, Jan started doing a course at what was well. It's um, it was Wesley Missions course at okay. the time. It has it's changed name, but mm-hmm. uh, 
Yeah, they had a counseling program, a counseling diploma. I did a graduate diploma in counseling with Wesley yep. Mission. Oh, nice. That's and cool. Then was, she was able to get some work at the, there was a um, counseling center uh, in near Westfield, mm-hmm. and Jan counseled there for three or four years, and then and then I applied and got accepted, and then I was counseling there. So we were both counseling at the same center. Oh, that's wonderful. For about mm-hmm. three or four three years. Three years. Um, and then when uh, Hopefield or Southern Community Welfare started up here. Yeah, Jan shifted from the original center to, to uh, yeah, Southern, Southern Community, Community Welfare. Welfare. So Council I worked here for, okay. for eight years with Southern oh, Community cool. Welfare. Good one. Oh, that's beautiful. And um, you know, I'm just imagining how many people's lives you're able to touch and help yeah, over so those many. years. It's wonderful. Yeah, what a lovely legacy, yeah. eh? Yeah, it's great. So, Gary, yeah. is there a particular book that's influenced you in your faith journey? Other than the Bible, I would have said. <laughs> Other than the Other book. Than the book. <laughs> the book. Um, I really liked a book by Henry Cloud mm-hmm. uh, called, what was the name? Changes of that Heal. Changes that Heal. Oh, yeah. It's kind of a counseling book, but also a book on laying out development, human development. Oh, cool. In four different stages. And I've always been interested in human development. So. Mm. I like that book. I still quote from it. And I actually was able to do a co-therapy session with Henry when I was in California. Uh, oh, wow. That's I cool. Can't, can't go into too many details because of confidentiality. But mm-hmm. No, that's he fine. Was, he was um, working with one of our staff women who was having some pretty significant issues. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't. I didn't meet with the two of them, but I met with him and we talked about her issues, which were kind of related to her husband. And so Henry asked if I would just get to know him. So we went out to Mexican food together and <laughs> had a chat. And then uh, he invited me to his home a couple, after a couple of sessions, a couple, I mean, a couple of lunches and coffee times. Mm. And after about 10 minutes in his house, I started feeling really something weird here. Mm. And I couldn't identify what it was. But mm. after I left, I thought and prayed about it some more, and it, it hit me what the problem was. And I think um, the problem was not so much, in my opinion, uh, I'm not the qualified counselor at the time, but mm. I felt the problem had more to do with him than with her. Mm. Mm. And uh, I shared that with Henry, and and he said, well, this is the hardest case I've ever worked on. So, So thank you for sharing that with me and he he went ahead and counseled with her she was hospitalized at the time mm. and then um, and then a couple years later Henry came and spoke in Sydney and I went down to see him and I didn't even know if he'd remember me but I asked him, I said I know you can't give me details but how did that turn out with that couple and he said really well it turned out fine you're on the right track and that really helped, helped me to get this thing nailed for her Aww, so that was cool yeah, that is cool. That's great that God revealed that too and was able yeah. to restore that relationship, which is lovely. Yeah. Mm. Well, I'm convinced, I might share it later, but I'm convinced that a big part of ministering to others, missioning to others, is being aware of what's going on mm-hmm, mm-hmm. around you and in their life and yeah. being sensitive yeah, to sure. them and what their needs are and 
offering to pray for them, you know, mm. which is relatively simple. You yeah. don't have to have a huge evangelistic bridge. You just ask people, what can I pray for, mm. for you? Mm. And a lot of times that will open the door to spiritual discussion. Yeah, that's really good. And Jen, has there been a particular books, book or a series that's influenced you in your faith journey? I was thinking um, recently about um, in my younger Christian life, I read some books by Catherine Marshall. Oh, yeah. And uh, I don't know if you're, I mean, you know, that's been a while back. But, um, yeah, just some of the books that, that I read with from her uh, really impressed me about um, dealing with issues, some of the serious issues. She wrote a book called Beyond Yourself, mm-hmm. and it was really dealing about issues around grief and dealing with grief and loss and things. So that really impacted me in my in my younger life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's amazing. And, I mean, things like um, books, they kind of transcend time often and mm-hmm. the techniques and the things that are shared through those resources uh, can still be as relevant today as they were yesterday as they are 20, 30 years from now even. Mm. Um, yeah, absolutely. I was reading something the other day that said um, if you have a book uh, in your past that you really enjoyed and you haven't read it for 10 years, it'd be good It'd be good for you to go back and revisit mm. it. Mm. Oh. Because he says the book hasn't changed. It's still going to be the same words now that were then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you've changed. Yeah, you're so further you're, down oh, the path, right? That's the point. Yeah, you've <laughs> changed. Life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I haven't done that yet with Lord of the Rings. I've, <laughs> I've read that three, three times. That is a classic. <laughs> it is a good one. It yeah. is a good one. So um, when did you guys become Christians? Uh, maybe Jan, you go first. When was your? She did go first. <laughs> um, well, I became a Christian when I was about, I'd say, about six years old. Oh, wonderful. And, cool. um, you know, for those who are involved with kids' ministry, I'm one of the products of kids' ministry. Oh, that's um, great. So um, it was like a neighborhood kids' club. Mm-hmm. And back in those days, you could do that. Yeah. Um, so my next door neighbor had a like a little Bible club for kids, mm-hmm. and I went along and um, you know just heard heard the stories and heard about Jesus and was just asked the question, oh. you know, would you like to have Jesus in your life? Yeah, I said yes at about uh, six years old. Yeah, well, that's awesome. So um, later on, began to go to church with my grandmother, mm-hmm. and uh, she went to a Baptist church, and so. That's where a lot of my growth, my early growth took place. Mm. But um, that's how I got started. Oh, wonderful. What about you, Gary? Uh, my dad was Air Force, and we would go to a chapel on the base, which is non-denominational. Mm. So I didn't have any uh, strong theological inclination, but we went every week, and I felt I was yep. a Christian. I wasn't Buddhist or Jewish. I wasn't going <laughs> to a Catholic chapel. Mm. So... So anyway, um, I got a I got an offer for a job at a summer camp, yeah, Texas in the Panhandle of Texas, called Hidden Falls Ranch, and um, it was a Christian camp. But I'm you know I'm Christian, going to church every year, every week, and mm. so I applied and they accepted me because I'd had previous camping experience the summer uh. before I worked for the Girl Scout camp, mm-hmm. okay, which was a huge great job for a 17-year-old male. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So they hired me. And later the boss told me, I didn't really think your story kind of matched up, but because of your experience in camping, we took you on on staff. 
I was supposed to teach the Bible and rifle. Mm. And I didn't know much about it either. So when the kids were out shooting the rifle, I was studying my Bible. <laughs> well, they were in the Bible, Bible X. I was out practicing with the rifle. <laughs> Nobody got shot. But the word hit home to me. I, it didn't take me maybe two weeks to realize in that environment that I didn't know what these people were talking about. Mm. I didn't. I was a Christian, but I didn't know Jesus. Mm. And um, mm. I asked a good friend of mine from high school who helped me get the job, uh, how do I become a Christian? And he got out his Thompson chain reference Bible, and we sat down one day, one afternoon for about three hours, and I thought he went through every verse in the Bible just not in order, <laughs> you know, was flipping back and forth. And, and he said, so what do you think? And I said, yeah, that's great. I want That's what I want. How do I do it? And he couldn't clinch it. He couldn't tell me how to actually surrender to Christ and how to make a decision for mm. Jesus. And so I said, look, I don't, I don't think this is helping. I need a break. So I went and sat down on the back porch of the dining hall for about two or three hours, just kind of miserable. Mm. And um, realized that I didn't really know what this was on about. So I got some of my junior counselors that night in one of the cabins and and said, look, I want to become a Christian. How do I do that? And mm. nobody knew how to tell me how. Oh. One guy said, let me go get Dave. He knows all the Bible <laughs> verses. And I, I said, no, I talked with Dave this morning. <laughs> I just need to know what I need to do. Yeah. And oh. finally, I was 18 at the time, and there was a 14-year-old junior counselor who said, well, do you believe in God and Jesus and that Jesus died for your sins and that uh, you need to ask him to come into your life? And I said, Yes. He said, have you, who have you told that? I said, well, I told Dave this afternoon, and I'm telling you guys now. And he, he it's still crystal clear. He said, have you ever told God that you believe in him and that you want him to become a part of your life? And I, I thought about that, and I said, you know, if I have done that, it wasn't it didn't have a significant mm-hmm. enough influence that I can remember it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I have. And it struck me that, well, that's the next step then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I got down on my knees on this little cot and almost – tore the mattress in shreds. I was so frustrated. I said, okay, God, if that's what it takes, I believe in you. I believe in Jesus. I believe he died for my sins. That's a new thought, but I, I believe it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I want you to come into my life right oh, now. Awesome. Expecting something to happen, and it didn't really at that point. No lightning bolts. Actually, no thunder. Lightning, but no that's, an expand, that's an expanded story. There was thunder. No and angels. <laughs> no angels. Well, the angels were probably there, but I didn't see, yeah. didn't see them. Yeah. Anyway, the campus perfect environment for a young male to make a decision because because I grew up then. I had eight weeks in that environment where not only was I not criticized, but I was actually encouraged mm. to share my faith with others. Amazing. Yeah, um, it's good. The next night, my junior counselor came into me and said, how can I be, I, I heard you became a Christian last night. I said, I don't know about that. I know I said a prayer and asked Jesus into my life. He said, do you think that would work for me? And I said, gee, I don't even know if that worked for me. He said, <laughs> Should, can we try it? And I said, well, all you, yeah, you can. He said, what did you pray? So I told him my prayer. And he said, could I pray that prayer? I said, yeah, go for it. So he got down on his knees and he prayed that prayer and, and so from the very beginning of my Christian life, I've discovered this is not that difficult. I just have to share what's been true of me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't have to come up with all the answers and everything. So um, 
And then I had eight weeks as a senior counselor where I gave cabin devotions every night and basically shared the gospel again with mm. all my campers. That's awesome. So. That's so That's good. That's amazing. Yeah. And I was in 65, 65. Amazing. And it's interesting, isn't it, because for people listening in, you know, some people might have had lightning bolts. Some people might have had these amazing, you know, angels turning up or really feeling that tangible presence of God. And for others it could have been just that beautiful, gentle moment where it's a change mm, just, right. you know, in your heart, yep. in that moment. And yeah. and and yeah. thinking, is this it, God? Like, is this it? <laughs> but knowing, you know, just knowing deep within you that that was your moment. Yeah. 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 Well, I am. Um Ran out of the cabin. There was lightning because there was thunderstorm. We're in the middle of a thunderstorm. <laughs> I, I ran out of the cabin and up toilet block and fell on my face in the mud and laid there in the mud just crying. Mm. And I, later I said, why was I crying? And I said, because I said, well, I've now I've done everything that I know to do. Mm. Mm. I really want this, but if that didn't take, where do I go next? So crying mm. and frustration. Mm. And... Um, mm. God just gently over the next couple of weeks gave me the conviction that, well, it's not up to me and the words I said and mm-hmm. how well I said them. It was his work. Yes. And so awesome. I was getting Bible instruction every day, getting reinforcement from other Christians on the staff team. There's still some of my best friends. Uh, oh, that's cool. 50, 56 years later. Fantastic. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, that was so amazing, you know, just thinking back where you first became Christians and we've had a little bit – already about, you know, how you met and how you started your ministry uh, life together as a young family. Um, maybe if we just bring it forward to a bit more uh, current. Um, are, are you both serving here at Gaimia Baptist Church at the moment or perhaps somewhere else in our local community? Um, and if you are, what does that look like? Jan, do you want to go first? Um, I've been involved with the Playtime ministry here at the church, I think for about 10 years now. Oh, cool. And, um, and so, uh, the number of things that I've done have been like playtime, women's ministry, mm-hmm. um, life group leader, um, yeah. like I said, counseling and mentoring, mm. those kinds of things. So, um, sorry, what was the other part of that? The other part, maybe we'll jump into the, the second part of that question. Okay. Um, but we'll, let's jump to Gary. Okay. And, and Gary, is there any way at Gummy Baptist that you're currently serving? Uh, currently uh, kind of an unofficial mentor. Uh, I like to pick up on guys, and I don't usually offer to be a mentor because um, I think that needs to come from them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they need to ask me, and uh, but I'm praying for people, and I've got four or five now that I have worked with in the last 10 years. Oh, cool. Um, but I was a, an elder for a couple of years when Carl was pastor, and then um, mm-hmm. on the church leadership team for a couple of years, and currently a uh, life group leader. Oh, I share a life group with Paul Sheaf. Oh, yeah, he's a legend. Yeah, shout out to Paul. Shout out to Paul Sheaf. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Amazing. (laughs) And I guess if anyone was looking for a possible mentor. Yeah. Shout out to Gary. If you need, if you want to, if you want to, yeah, come to Gary and he'll, he'll mentor you. If you'll ask me, I don't have to go look. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And definitely pray into it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, usually I, usually I say if somebody asks me, I say, well, let's get together for a cup of coffee and talk about it because number one, you need to know what I 
what I mean when I say mentoring, because mm. it's probably mm. not what you think it is. <laughs> and mm. if you're willing to commit to that, then yeah. Just and do can it. I just mention too that Gary has been a chaplain for a oh, number of years too, sports nice. chaplain. Ah, yeah, so I noticed the shirt you're wearing, SCA, yeah. Sports yes, Chaplain Australia. Australia. Yeah. Awesome. So he has a lot. He actually has quite a history with sports chaplains in Australia. Yeah, oh, that's fantastic. Great. What does that look like? How, how does that work? Mm. Well, it started as um, the um, I was mentoring uh, a local doctor from Sydney, a uh, sports doctor. Yeah. And um, he asked me one time if, um, if I would, he said, well, he was actually the doctor for the Wallabies. Oh, wow. And their tour that they won years ago when they won the cup. Mm-hmm. And... Um, they came back from the tour, and John was at the meeting, and they said, we're top of the heap. We've got plenty of money. What can we do to improve our program? We're going around the circle. Everybody has to contribute. So <laughs> when it came to John, he just said, well, I'm just a doctor. I don't have anything to suggest. And he said, everybody has to contribute. So he said, well, you know, I think it would help us if we had, um, if we had chaplains available on our teams because at the time there weren't any in, in professional rugby. And it would help if we had somebody who could do pastoral care for spinal injury players. Mm. And, um, wow. and they picked up on that. And so John came to me a couple of months later and said, we've got a secure position with the Waratahs as a chaplain. Cool. And um, they're interested in somebody writing up a job description for a case manager for spinal injury players. Would you be interested in that? And I said, yes, I would. So I um, did my homework and presented a case to them, and they accepted it and asked me if I would assume that role. And I did it for about 15 years, years. I guess. Wow, good on you, mate. I have a number of uh, people that I've worked with, um, players. Mm. They're real heroes, in my opinion, because they – they go life through has a lot. changed in a matter of seconds. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Direction of their life, sometimes their marriage has changed. Their uh, their life changes. Yeah. yeah. I think they really need some. They do need guidance, some guidance. Some yeah, mentoring. for sure. So, yeah. So that was a good gig, and um, you miss it, don't you? I can tell you miss it. Yes and no. I had a stroke uh, eight years ago. Okay. Which it didn't. It wasn't really debilitating, but it sapped my energy sure and um made it hard to to get to the venue okay the training venue because i wasn't driving so i'd have to take public transport and then walk about a kilometer mm-hmm. from the train to the venue and then back after the training was over and mm. it was just getting very tiring sure sure and without going into all the details it just became obvious to me that um it's time to leave that after yeah. i was with the war for 10 or 12 years, and at the same time with the Sydney Kings for 15 years. Mm. Kings as well. And, um, yeah. That's great. At one point he was doing both. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. Chaplain for both. One, one day basketball, one day rugby. Yeah, nice. And had some great experiences, developed some great friendships. Um, yeah. Found it was, I mean, for me, being involved with student life and Campus Crusade for Christ, part of our ethos organizationally is evangelism. Mm. So I didn't want to do a job that didn't give me the freedom to share my faith with people. So from the very beginning, I just when when I'd interview with them, I'd tell them, "This is what I'd like to do." 
And sometimes people need more than just rugby or basketball. Sometimes they need a relationship with God. And mm. I'd like the freedom to be able to talk about that with them. And um, at a Christmas party a couple of years later, I met the guy who did that interview with me. Mm. And he was laughing and saying, man, when we first interviewed, I thought you are going to be doing God talk all the time. I said, <laughs> I said I, I'll never forget your answer to me when I ask if you were going to do God talk. And uh, I said, well, I forgot the, I forgot my answer. What did I say? <laughs> and I said, well, you looked at me and said, uh, you're hiring me to do this job. I may know how to do it better than you do. And if somebody needs to hear about God, then I'll probably share about God with them. But I'm not going to promote a church or religion, but I want to have the freedom to talk to people about their relationship with God. And he mm. said, well, that's fine. Mm. And so I'm praying. I still... I don't keep in touch with him, mm. but um, I've had former players and coaches ring me up 20 years later and want to talk, so I'm praying that that guy will want to talk yeah. with me about God because yeah. yeah, I, awesome. I really appreciate him. He gave me a chance. Yeah, he did, and, uh, and what a wonderful opportunity to risk. Yeah. But God was gracious, and I've seen a couple of those injured players come to Christ, mm. so... Uh, on the spiritual side, it was not only worthwhile but fulfilling. Yeah. I missed that, but but you never know when somebody's going to come back and say, "Remember when you were the chaplain fifteen years ago and you came to visit me in prison?" Yeah, when I was there. Well, I'd like to talk more. Yeah, you never so, know, do you? Yeah. yeah, but God builds on those seeds, yeah. and nothing yeah. goes to waste nothing with goes God. To waste. Table. Yeah, nothing yeah. goes to waste. Absolutely, um, there was a lot of pastoral care involved mm. in that as well. So just really. Genuinely caring for people yeah. in some of their darkest moments. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, that's like you said, about, yeah. it can be just a split second, and their lives completely change. Yeah, and if they to know a, that they have a hope and a future, and to be able to work through that that particular moment mm. is that must have been so fulfilling. Yeah, it's crucial when someone's got a spinal injury. Like as you say, that is life changing because, I mean, it's awful to say, but someone will leave you if they don't want to be with you if you've got a spinal injury. And that's, I know that's awful well, to say. But then and then opposite, I guess there is the people that will stay by your side and support you through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But it definitely needs a chaplain in those scenarios to come alongside and help mm-hmm. them through yeah. that transition of being a player that can play to one that can't. So yeah, It was an um, interesting story, uh, too, about one of, the player, one of the injured players I worked with was a Kiwi. Mm. Uh, he was 17 years old. And um, he shouldn't have been playing rugby. He was as skinny as a beanpole, and he had this big, long neck mm-hmm. and um, had a spinal injury, which was totally, he was not total quad, but he was definitely uh, immobilized. Mm. Sure. And I went up to uh, provide some pastoral care for him, drove up to the Central Coast where he's playing for a junior club. Mm. And uh, I didn't do a real good job on it, but I tried to share my faith with him. And uh, I didn't think I was that successful, but I pray for him every day. Still do. Mm. Excuse me, daily. I pray for him. And um, the other day, I got a a friend request on Facebook with this guy's name. Mm. And I said, well, it's kind of an unusual name. So I went to Facebook, and there was a picture of him, you know, 25 years later. (laughs) Uh, He's still, I I don't think I would have recognized him because he's filled out quite a bit now. Mm. But he was doing a podcast from his car, doing a devotional. 
Fantastic. Oh, wow. Praise God. Yeah, that is and awesome. The topic was James 1. Oh. So joy when you encounter various trials. Oh, trials, God. yeah, I know that very well. And, oh. and I saw, I was so encouraged by that um, podcast that I immediately messaged back and said, I'd love to hear the whole story sometime. And he sent right back just two lines and said, well, I, every time I tell my journey story, I mention a chaplain from Australian rugby who was the first one to ever talk to me about Jesus. Oh, praise and God. So, yeah, praise God. I didn't think I'd had that much influence on him, but he's. Oh, that's lovely. I almost feel like somebody. Well, next time we're in New Zealand, I'll probably try to look him up. But um, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd love to hear the whole story. Oh yeah, it'd be amazing. So Jen, um, the second part to that question, if we loop back around to it, is: uh, is there somewhere else that you and Gary are currently volunteering or working with um, in the community, or perhaps an, another organisation at the moment? Yeah, so currently we're working with GAIN, which is Global Aid Network, Australia. And um, it's actually a um, humanitarian aid um, partner with Power to Change. So it's actually under Power to Change, and it's one of the strategies of Power to Change. Mm -hmm. So uh, we are officially missionaries with Power to Change, which used to be called Campus Crusade for Christ Australia for those who might be more familiar with that. Sure. Um, but then, so we work as missionaries with Power to Change, and then we, under that, we work with a strategy called GAIN, uh, as I mentioned. So Okay, awesome. And so what does that look like? So what do you guys do with GAIN, yeah? What are we doing? Well, GAIN has, um, I think, f- there are about four different things where they really focus, and one is medical missions. Mm-hmm. Um, the other is disaster relief, uh, yep. community development, and then water for life. So there are f- there are four main focuses that they have. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, so I think we've done some things. I think Gary and I are really on more of the support services side of that. Sure. But Gary's also been on a medical mission, so uh, having a bit more hands-on experience. So, um, so we... We kind of, when we first started out with GAIN, uh, we asked our director, you know, what do you think we can do? How do you think we can work with GAIN? Um, and he said, well, one thing you could do is be ambassadors for GAIN. And, of course, that means just helping raise awareness mm-hmm. of GAIN in the community and with churches and things like that. Yeah. Um, but then roles kind of developed the more that we were involved. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Gary and I currently are, um, again, back to coaching and mentoring. So we're uh, both coaches with what they call PDP or personal development plan. Mm -hmm. And that's to help our, the volunteers and the missionaries that work with gain to have kind of a a yearly plan as to how they want to develop like personally, but also in their role with gain. So we just come alongside again. Uh, people and just help them work through what that looks like for them in a year. And that's a a relatively new role that we've taken on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, On the side, just help a little bit with administration. And then I could say Gary actually went on a medical mission. So maybe you can Yeah, the medical missions are short-term missions, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. 10 days to two weeks. 
the uh, missioners pay their own way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not, gain doesn't pay them to go. In fact, they, they have to raise additional money because along with themselves, they take medicine to use on the mission because yep. we partner with local gain staff and they provide uh, doctors and venues and people and we provide uh, workers and uh, medicine and some funding. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, it, was, uh, it wasn't quite what I expected when I went. I'd said, I don't know anything about medicine or dentistry or anything, so how could they use me? Well, on a medical mission, we have, we'll, we'll go into a local, in my case in the Philippines, a local barangay, which is a village. And um, the, the village gives us the use of their covered basketball court. So we have mm. some protection. Yep. And we have the whole basketball court set up in nine different stations. And basically the people filter through those nine different stations. Okay. And um, the third or fourth station is counseling. Yep. And that's basically uh, an opportunity to talk to people about their spiritual life. Mm. Um, and everybody, you know, people are pretty much, I mean, they're there, they volunteered to come, and they're getting free medical care. Yep. So they're pretty much open to whatever you want to do or say. So we try not to take advantage of that. We ask their permission. But basically I was just doing uh, with, you know, 10, 15 people every day, the same thing I would do if I were out on campus, which is talk to them about a relationship with God. Oh, awesome. And saw some great results. And didn't need to be a doctor or a dentist, but I realized what drew the people was their need medically. And um, we don't want to minimize that. And so we looked to our local uh, Campus Crusade for Christ staff to find doctors and nurses and dentists in their home country mm-hmm. who will support the medical side of it for us. So they do the medical stations and we do the others. So it's a beautiful partnership. And I, I told Jan and others, one of the things I enjoyed most about my experience with the medical mission was just seeing how important it was to work together with your partners mm. yeah. and depend on them and have them depend on you. Mm-hmm. And you develop long-term relationships with these people. You're there together on the battlefield for 10 days, but then you're keeping in touch by Facebook and, and Zoom yep. meetings and stuff through the year. Yeah, and cool. then every year, you you know, you could go back every year mm. until <laughs> COVID hits. But uh, <laughs> I'm guessing that was before COVID then. <laughs> right before. My, uh, oh, right got, before, I 2019. Home, I got home from the Philippines the day they – Restricted all travel. Oh, that's good. You you got back just in time. time. (laughs) Praise God to that. That could have been a a long extended stay. (laughs) And And a lot more medical mission. (laughs) Yeah. Would have been good for our our partners because they would insisted to put us up in houses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course. Well, that was that would have been God's timing that you came back then. Of course. Yeah. 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 And I haven't. Been back. We just started the medical missions again this year. Mm. Okay, uh, two months ago. Yeah, back to the Philippines, and I really wanted to go, but because of some of my health issues, I decided it's not right for me to go back. Mm. Yeah, mm. but I can be an ambassador and encourage other people to go and mm. invite people to go have the experience. 
Yeah. Wonderful. And, and you know, you mentioned about, you know, you don't have a, a medical background, but uh, as you mentioned, you know, there's the physical, but then there's also the mental and spiritual well-being, which is so important. Yeah, you know, definitely. That physical stuff is 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 very important too, yep. but so is that mental and spiritual well-being mm. side. Gain does take some medical people over with them uh, to work with the doctors and nurses over there. Yeah. And they also partner with the churches. Mm. So it's a great partnership. So the churches really look after after Gain leaves the site, are the workers here, then uh, a lot of the follow-up work and things like that are, are done by local pastors and churches. Oh, well, that's right. wonderful. That's so they can tap into their local community. Yeah. Exactly. In fact, the pastors are part of our They're part of the team. National pastors are part of the, those stations. Mm-hmm. And if we have problems language-wise, they'll, they'll step in and assist with translations. So. Mm. It's yeah, a, I, I really like that partnership aspect of what we do. Mm. And I'm, I'm also interested in the disaster relief. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first ever GAIN project was 20 years ago before we were on staff at GAIN. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a tsunami in the Solomon Islands that killed 50 or 60 people on one island, Choisel Island. Mm-hmm. And it was considered a disaster, for obviously, for the mm-hmm. village to lose that many of its people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we had, at the time, we not only provided medical missions, but we provided disaster relief. So we already had a container full of supplies and clothes and materials to, to send to uh, the Solomons. Mm-hmm. So I went with that team. Uh, and that created some great experiences there, but I won't go into that. Yeah, yeah, that's it's very interesting. And in the in the four those four key sort of areas that they provide the services through, uh, and you've mentioned some international opportunities. And what's the what does it look like in terms of national based things in Australia? Is there much happening around the country at well, this moment? Uh, we're working on that. Uh, at the end of well, about COVID time, we're figuring, what do, so what do we do now? We're not going to travel. So we were thinking of, well, some what are some national projects we could, mm-hmm. we could have? And mm. specifically um, thinking Aboriginal project mm-hmm. projects and South Pacific Islands. So we reached out to several island groups and to see if they were interested in having medical missions there. Yeah, was, so uh, we yeah. work with, um, there are other national offices we came. Mm-hmm. So it's in about 10 countries. Okay. And so disaster relief, like for the Ukraine and that, we've done fundraising about working with um, with Germany and with Canada and some of the other national offices mm-hmm. and really pooling Your our resources. resources so we can yeah, do right. so much more than what even yep. gain Australia could do. Yeah. And so uh, sometimes the disaster relief looks like um, pooling resources and raising funds and sending those resources so that then things like Germany can buy the resources and things like that that, mm-hmm. that they need mm-hmm. and they're right there and deliver the things and be right there with the people. So it's the partnership is more than just partnering in one particular country because mm. we work with in uh, areas that we look, work mostly in is India, Cambodia and the Philippines. 
So right okay. now that's our focus, but we want to broaden that to the South Pacific. Well, that's yeah. Australia works in those. That's four Australia. Other yeah. nations take up other countries. Yeah, uh, we've the Water for Life uh, pro- yeah. project that we've worked with. actually uh, Gamia helped yes. sponsor Water for Life in one of their May mission months a couple of years ago, and mm. we got really excited about that project because basically they will raise the funds to drill a deep water well. Yeah. In Africa, yeah. uh, there's requests from all over. And uh, the well can keep a whole village in fresh water for like 10 years. And oh, that's oh, amazing. Oh, that's so good. Tremendous health Fantastic. benefits. That's amazing. But, um, Clean local water, not having to, to walk for miles to try and get it. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, that's, that's great that it does that. And I heard somewhere that uh, we kind of focused for some reason on, I think it was Banana. As an African mm-hmm. country, mm-hmm. where we drill the wells, and because we've done it several thousand wells now, uh, the government's asking us to come and do the wells, mm. and um, it's just a matter, of basically, a matter of having the money to do it. Because they'll hire local well diggers to <laughs> dig the wells, and there's a great little uh, clip on our website about. Uh, four or five African workers drilling this well, and all of a sudden the water comes spurting out and oh. running around. Amazing. Oh, that's so it good. It changes lives. Yeah. yeah. It changes oh, lives of yeah. a place, you know, to have fresh water, like you said, where they don't have to walk yep. uh, long distances to get water. So yes. Can I just mention, though, part of the thing about working uh, within Australia, mm-hmm. the ch- there are some challenges there because um, there's – a Medical needs generally are pretty largely met by the government. Mm -hmm. So some of our challenges with working nationally is just finding the areas where we can have a good fit. Mm. Sure. Not that they they want to do that. And like Gary said, they're looking into what are some possibilities. And we're looking looking for partners that we can work with in Australia who are doing works where gain can fit. Okay, so that's great. just the future mm-hmm. oh, that we're awesome. looking at. So, awesome. Well, it's interesting, too. We talked about earlier people from the past coming into your present. And uh, when I was uh, helping start things up at uh, Sydney University, mm. uh, I had a Bible study with four doctors. Uh, <laughs> one male and female got married, so it's really three units. <laughs> but um, they all became successful doctors, and we maintained a relationship with them over the years. And I just found that one of them went to the mission field and um, married another missionary, uh, and he's moved back to Australia. And I just on Facebook was reading that he's starting uh, taking up a position with an Aboriginal community as a medical liaison in that outback mm-hmm. community. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking, well, that might be a way to tie into some national oh, opportunities. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, wonderful. And it's, um, you know, we'll definitely be praying into opportunities for God to open doors and yeah, bring sure. together those partnerships, um, you know, more, more national opportunities for sure. Yeah, definitely. And uh, God, never, God never wastes your time and your energy and your efforts. Um, no, definitely not. Campus ministry, one year I was asked to go up and do some, because of my counselling background, to do some uh, team building exercises with a team in Solomon Islands that was having a little bit of friction. And um, 
I did that happily. We had a good time. I believe it was a successful mission to them for a couple of weeks, but I developed a relationship with the national director. Mm. So years down the line, two years down, two years ago, no, 10 years ago, he asked me if I'd help him build a house because he was getting married. <laughs> and so I went to some people I knew in Texas and we raised some money to help him build his house and found out later with the dollar exchange, you practically built his house. Mm. And a couple of years after that, I was visiting in Solomon's and I went to his house and saw him there with about 40 or 50 kids on the living room floor doing a kid's Bible study thing. And then two years ago, I got a message saying the retaining wall between our house and the next house next to us is collapsing and the whole wall could fall down on our house. Oh, oh no. I, I said, send me some pictures. So yeah. he did, and I took it to our gain director. Yeah. Mm. And I said, could we, could we, would we be able to help this guy? Disaster relief. Mm. He said, yeah, tell him it's coming. We'll, we'll decide later how to do it, but we'll <laughs> raise some money later, but oh, wow. it's on the way. And I re- really respect that about our team leader. He just, in faith, he'll just say, yeah, tell him it's on the way yeah. and oh, we'll take care of it. So, so we good. rebuilt this retaining wall, and I've got pictures of that. So that's three different jobs that I was involved with that built the relationship with this national director and Solomon Island. Mm. Oh, that's and wonderful. so he may be, we're talking about a South Pacific Island as far as expansion, that may be one of the ones that we go to. Mm. Yeah, wonderful. And again, it's it's just, um, you know, something as simple as a retaining wall made that a safe space again mm. for that person to be able to continue to outreach to their local community. Yeah, that's right. All those kids being able to get into the Bible and learn about God and Jesus and, mm. yeah, how good is that, eh? Yeah. yeah awesome. We've, we've got uh, part of that job, Jan mentioned, is uh, raising support or helping to finance some of these projects mm. if we're not able to go. Because we have an extensive network of people who want to help. They helped us for 20 or 30 years yeah. and mm. are eager and even keen to help mm-hmm. out. And it's a matter of just letting them know and for them to know what the opportunities are. Mm. And then sure. I've got some relatives who are actually in the medical profession. I'm planning to invite them to come along on a medical mission. Yeah, wonderful. Sometime in the future. So oh, if yeah. people wanted to find out more about GAIN, how, like, where would people go to find information? I think a good place right off is just the GAIN website. Mm-hmm. And, um, Which is? You know, G-A-I-N.org.au. Yeah. We can put that yeah. in the show notes, guys, yeah, for, you when you're listening, yep. so you'll be able to look it up. Yep. Yep. Fantastic. So if you're interested in finding thing. out more about GAIN or possible partnership opportunities or even getting involved, um, becoming part of the, the GAIN team, um, you know, please do check out the that information or feel free to reach out and have a chat with yeah, Jan and Gary. That's all right. Yeah. To these guys. for volunteers and you don't have to be extremely skilled in anything. Mm-hmm. Um, Although we have a lot of however, skilled people. However, if you're interested in DART, <laughs> of course. which is Disaster and Relief Team, Emergency Relief Team, mm-hmm. uh, they've got a phenomenal program where I believe you have to pay to go to Finland to do the training. Mm. But they train you to be a, a DART uh, responder, mm. and then they put you on a list. And if there's a national natural disaster anywhere in the world, they go through their list and they send out an email and say, "Are you willing, able, and willing to respond to this?" Mm. And if you say yes, they pay your airfare from your home to the disaster 
so that you can be there within 24 hours. That's amazing. Wow. That's so amazing. that's so it's pretty like phenomenal. SES on steroids. Yeah. <laughs> and I think a lot of people. I'm that's so good. In that. yeah. And you're you're working I, with other trained, obviously, a team mm. of trained. Uh, yeah, people. responders. Yeah. Responders, yeah. yeah that's oh, great. That's fantastic. And that's any kind of disaster, fire, flood, or anything that might come up, tsunami. Okay. Uh, anything. Aggression. <laughs> national. Wonderful. Aggression. So I think Adam mentioned before, um, but I, I'd love to hear from you both, you know, all these amazing stories and where you've seen God at work and where God's been using you both um, and you've just faithfully continued to step forward for him be bold, be courageous, um, come alongside people throughout your lives. You know, how how has your walk with God, how, how has that grown and changed over the years? I think just the realisation of how faithful God is mm. through so many things and so many changes and changing countries and raising kids and, you know, um, you know that just comes home again and again mm. as you look back. You think, how did all that happen? Um, (laughs) And just his faithfulness, I Mm. think, just stays with you. And, you know, I like to think growing a bit deeper in, I think for Gary and I both, our prayer life, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's, um, that's certainly a need to kind of hang in there and and be praying together. And, um, And so I think, you know, just that, that faithfulness, God's faithfulness, prayer, and also just the... Stability sounds maybe funny to say that, but just just being there and mm, and mm. being stable and faithful uh, through all the all that time, mm. you know, is what enables you. I think through the the power of the Holy Spirit, yeah, uh, which was one of the life lessons for me earlier in my Christian life was understanding about the power of the Holy Spirit, mm. the ministry of the Holy Spirit um, mm. was was something that really set my life on the right track as a Christian. Mm. So those are things that have stayed with me. Wonderful. What about you, Gary? Um, I forgot the question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, things that have helped your spiritual life. Yeah, and how, um, how have you seen yourself sort of change and grow over the years with your walk with God? Well, um, I mentioned before I'm interested in personal development, human development. Uh, one of the courses I took at seminary when I got my degree in biblical counseling, was human development. Mm. And um, I was intrigued by that whole concept. It was one of my favorite textbooks on human development, just how we change over the years. Mm. And um, probably 15 years ago now, I had an opportunity to go to John Eldridge Boot Camp, which was down in Wollongong. uh, Yeah, I remember those. Stanwell Tops. Yeah, I had a couple of those books. that was life-changing. Oh, they're amazing, yeah. And simple stuff. I mean, there was nothing new. I came back and told Carl, who was a pastor at the time, that I think I've had a deep theological change. And he said, well, yeah, what's that? And I told him, he said, well, that's just, that's standard Christianity. What's so? I said, yeah, but it was different for me. I see it differently now. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things that Eldridge promoted was uh, a daily prayer mm-hmm. and so much so that he gave us a CD with the daily prayer on it. Mm-hmm. And I still have the CD, and I started praying it daily. Wow. And I still do every day. Mm-hmm. And after doing that for a couple of years consistently, I began to realize most of this prayer is for me. 
what about intercessory prayer? So I said, in my daily prayer, devotional time, I want to have the daily prayer, and I want to have intercessory prayer. Mm-hmm. So I started writing a list of people that I wanted to pray for. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I still have that list, and I have people mm-hmm. on that list I pray for daily that I have for 15 or 20 years daily. Mm-hmm. And um, that's changed me, I think. And yeah. Jan picked up on that and encouraged uh, I was kind of slack on family. We had family devotions when the kids were younger, but... You know, we could have done better. I could have done better. And mm-hmm. so Jan said, well, why don't we pray for our kids and our family mm-hmm. once a week? Set aside, set aside time once a week, which we've been doing now for oh, wow. probably a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it's the same prayer, but uh, that's been enriching, and mm-hmm. we prayed this morning for the family. So I'd say uh, prayer, uh, John Eldridge Conference Boot Camp, uh, my personal devotional life, I, I was I was having a devotional life every day, but not necessarily having a prayer component. So mm-hmm. so I'd have to say the devotional life was the kickoff for everything. Mm-hmm. And then a prayer time, consistent prayer time. What is, for someone who might be listening in and going, what is devotional? What What is that? What does that mean? Oh, time devoted to getting to know God better. Uh, for me, that's taken a whole range of things because I've been doing it for 25, 30 years. Sometimes it's just reading, like right now, well, no, two years ago I decided I wanted to, somebody challenged me on what's a Christian worldview, and I said, well, I'd like to develop a Christian worldview that's biblical. Mm. So this year I'm going to read through the Bible, hopefully all the way through, but I'll keep reading until I've gone all the way through. I've got six different colored pencils here. And every time I come to a characteristic of God that's revealed in that particular verse, I'll, under, I'll color that verse. <laughs> so um, I finished that about two years ago, and I realized this would be a better tool if they were all put together. And I had someplace where every one of the verses that talked about a character quality of God was in the same book. Mm. So my quiet time last year and continuing into this year, devotional time, is to just write out those verses that I've already colored, write them out in my daily diary. And so I'm only into Psalm 77 now, and so it'll probably take me the rest of the year to finish that. And then I go to the next characteristics. I eventually write a book. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be amazing. I'd read that. Yeah. Jan's writing a book right now, so (laughs) for the the kids, your, your story time. Oh, well, that's something else. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Um, no, it's just, right. it, it's just something that the kids gave me to yeah, write out my own, my own story. I love that. And to be able to um, give you know, that mm. to your children yeah. later on. Yeah, you that's know, nice. just, and there are questions each week that you answer. And it eventually becomes a book. I yeah, love awesome. that. So that will be so beautiful to share with your family. Yeah. 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 Really good. Amazing. Well, and I think they can even have the kids can ask questions. So, so our, yeah, our, our son. Kids, our kids can ask a question. What question? She can respond to that question and we'll be in that. Oh, okay. that's beautiful. Yeah. Really awesome. personalized. Yeah. That's so good. Well, thanks so much, guys, for coming on. Really appreciate learning all about gain and about your lives leading up to gain and after and continuing through what's going to come up as well into the future. So thanks so much for coming on. It's been a real pleasure to have you on the We Are The Church podcast. Yeah. 
you for having us. And we'll see you around GBC. Thanks for listening to the We Are The Church podcast. We hope this inspired and encouraged you on your own journey of discovery and faith. If you or anyone you know has a faith story to share, please get in touch with us. You can reach us at office at guymebaptist.org.au. Also, if you would like to know more about Jesus, pray with someone or come along to Guy Me Baptist Church, please check out the Guy Me Baptist Church website at guymebaptist.org.au. Until next time, I'm Adam. And this is Brianna saying, God, God bless and, and peace, peace be, be with, with you. you.